it's Mike and Jeff writing the right. You know that if you've tuned into this at this point. So we're not going to go through the whole shtick, but thanks for listening. We have, we've got a lot of things to cover and there's not a lot of time. So we'll get right into it. First and foremost, the newest variant in the co in the never ending COVID war, Omicron. Newest and safest. About Omicron? <laughs> so every time I see Omicron, I think of uh, Futurama. So Omicron, first CI8. See, what's funny is I think of Omicron and I think of, I immediately thought of uh, Megatron <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from the transformers all hail and actually i was considering that as the title for the sepple episode all hail omicron master of the decepticons <laughs> that's uh, funny and then my wife keeps calling it omarion a <laughs> singer <laughs> so like i don't know if she's like doing it to like joke around or she's like doesn't know the actual name of it i don't want to ask her so it's omarion variant right now not the newer Z, for some odd reason. Do you, do you know why that is, Jeff? I mean, I know new makes sense because calling it the new variant new could be confusing, but I don't get why they skipped over Z. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine why a Winnie, Pooh, Winnie the Pooh looking, uh, you know, despot might get upset about it, I guess. And what's even funnier about that is, you know, like obviously for anybody who's not catching it, they, they specifically skipped over naming it uh, the Z variant because of Chairman Z in uh, China. But what's funny is that was speculated as soon as they called it the Omicron variant because people noticed it, obviously. And then they didn't even shy away from it. They openly came out and said, well, we didn't want to offend people. It's a very common last name around the world. I know it's, it's the last name of one specific person you didn't want to piss off. Exactly. It, it had nothing to do with it being common. Right. Uh, I feel like if Trump was a Greek letter, they would have no problem calling it the Trump variant. I think that they would have. I think they wish they still could. Yeah, exactly. So, well, and it's, it's funny because they, they switched to the Greek letters to avoid saying where it's from, but they keep saying it's from South, South Africa. Like well, yeah, the reason I, you even, have the Omicron variant. That's right. Sorry, I was going to say, even Fauci has called it the South African variant numerous times. You know, that that's okay. Calling it the China virus early on, though, that is racist. Even though exactly. we name multiple things for where they're from, as we've discussed like before, dengue West fever. Nile. West Nile virus, dengue fever. Uh, Ebola. Ebola. <laughs> I'm sure we can think of more if we tried. The Spanish flu. Which the Spanish actually flu. came from China. There's speculation on that. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's hilarious to me that anybody still has any, gives any credibility to the who based on all the ridiculous things they do. Like, oh, we can't piss off Chairman Z. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is why it made sense for Trump to leave the who organization. And Biden went right back in as quick as possible, along with the Paris Climate Accord, which... Even though America wasn't in it, we were still one of the few countries um, meeting our targets because rich nations care about the environment. That's all, that's all it is. While China and India were also meeting their targets of polluting more. Sorry to get off topic. No, you're fine. It's it's not off topic at all. It's that's the problem. Is I, you say rich nations? That that's a true statement. I would go uh, go a different way and say that um, you know 
democratic nations or really Republican nations. There are few, there are no real democracies in the world that I can mm -hmm. think of um, care. Yeah. Dictatorial nations don't care because they don't care about the opinions of their people. Now I will say that uh, it's not something I'm going to vote on. I, I'm not going to vote for someone based on getting us into the Paris climate accords. In fact, I'll vote, vote for you to not do it. Mm -hmm. But the reason that people are, are okay with it is, you know, the reason that we do it in countries like this is because we want to get the votes of the people who care about it. They don't need to do that in China because even if the people in China cared about the environment, the Chinese government doesn't care about the opinions of its people. Yeah, now, but, granted, you could say the American people don't care about, the American government doesn't care about our people either. Um, but they at least have to fake it. Yeah, exactly. For a few months during the election cycle. So, yeah, this is this is interesting to me that like the Paris Climate Accord says that India and China can continue to increase uh, their pollutions for another like ten or fifteen years, and they're essentially offsetting what the Western nations are decreasing every year. And no one seems to bring that up. I don't get it. I don't get it, Jeff. It's almost like people actually don't care about the environment. So, Jeff, I heard you have a, a video to, to show for the Omicron variant. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to show a video from Australia, uh, from South Africa where the variant was discovered. Um, it is the, the individual that is responsible for raising the flag about the variant. I believe it's the doctor who actually officially discovered it. But uh, the doctor who raised the flag about it, talking about how minor it is and how we shouldn't panic. Now, I'm, and I'd like everyone to bear in mind all of this done and we still are closing we're shutting down travel uh the biden administration is talking about rolling out additional uh domestic uh actions to mitigate omicron and the spread of spread of omicron even though we've got multiple doctors now coming out and saying this is the most mild variant that exists mm -hmm. so let me throw that video up for us don't forget to share the audio I did that a few times. <laughs> I'm aware. There we go. Um, you are one of the people who identified this variant. Um, and you're also one of those who's been criticizing the complete overreaction, as you see it, in the UK and Europe and elsewhere around the world shutting borders to South Africa and other African nations and uh, moving to panic stations. Why do you think people are overreacting? So, um, Julia, a very good question. Uh, you know, we only became aware of the clinical picture of the virus around about the 18th of November. And um, no, we didn't miss it before. If you look at our infectivity rate um, uh, on that Monday and Tuesday, it was still, um, even on the, the 18th, it was still less than 1%. Today, we are, or yesterday, we, we stood on a 9.7%, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, infectivity rate. Um, it did start in um, uh, uh, Twani, or Pretoria, that is the epicenter, and this is actually um, where I'm also working full time. And um, because I'm part of that Ministerial Advisory Committee on, co on Vaccines, uh, it, you know, I am in the background very much involved in this, and uh, 
So when I saw the first patient, and also very important to understand that about between eight to 10 weeks, we virtually didn't see any COVID-19 new cases. When this patient came in, um, he incidentally also made an appointment for the rest of his family, young man, around about 30 years of age, and sitting in front of me and saying for me, doctor, for two days, I'm extremely fatigued. Um, I've got body aches and pains and a bit of a slight headache, which is very suggestive of, of a viral yeah. infection. I decided to test him and it became positive. So we won't go into the rest of the, the video, but suffice to say, first of all, you can go, I've retweeted this video out on our account. So uh, follow us on Twitter at MJ writing, right. And you can find the video as well. And you can, uh, you're, you know, you'll be able to, to watch the entire thing. But the important piece of all of this is the doctor who found it has laid out the symptoms. It's mild fatigue, muscle aches, headache, you know, basically a common cold. That is. <laughs> what? I said, it's called being an, an adult. Yeah. You're it's, tired. Somebody's it's, already hurting. It's not remotely an issue. And that in the doctor herself saying nobody needs to worry about this, but the entire media is freaking out about Omicron. We saw it tank the stock market last week. Um, now I don't think the stock market tanked at all due to fear over the variant, contrary to what the media would have you believe it's fear over the way the government's going to react to the variant. And we've already seen the Biden administration tip their hand that they're going to react by cracking down again for no apparent reason. None. So it's going to it's going to continue this whole COVID thing. The the uh, variants are going to continue to keep coming, and even though they get more mild and they get more, uh, you know, ignorable, and just show that this is an endemic disease that we're going to live with, like we live with the cold, like we live with the flu. It's not going away, but regardless of all of that, regardless of numerous doctors coming out and saying that even Fauci himself saying it seems very mild, but in the same breath saying, but we can't jump the gun yet. Um, you know, we are, we are letting the government continue to, we're going to talk about new lockdowns and in parts of the world, they have locked down over Omicron. Something um, that by the way, the who they have, they have concentration camps, it's not, not just lockdown. Let's, let's clarify. There are unvaccinated sick people who are put in concentration camps. Like I was just watching a, a video where, um, like the house that they built for someone, um, yep. a person was getting yelled at because they were like on the deck close to the fence. It's like, you can't be close to the fence, but you need to stay on your deck. It's like, all right, well, my deck is close to the fence. Well, don't go on that side of the deck. It's like, uh, why didn't you, you, uh, not build my house. So my temporary house so close to the fence. Or maybe not have these stupid rules, or maybe not have me in here in the first place. So it's just it's 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 interesting. Like uh, I guess probably ten years ago now, I uh, I and another fraternity brother of mine, we went to New Zealand, and I was like, oh yeah, I can live here. This is a nice, nice, lovely place. And then New Zealand's like one of the most locked down places. Like yeah, because they went to a policy of zero cases. Yeah. Exactly. For something that, I mean, I, I won't even get into the, the massive issues with PCR testing and with the number of false positives we've had. The vaunted LeBron James tested positive recently before he then tested negative. Um, so the whole thing is a sham. But the big problem here is that the government's continuing to use this to usurp more power and people are not catching on. So not a lot to talk about with Omicron other than to say there's nothing to fear with Omicron. 
Although if you're still worried about COVID at this point, um, then maybe you should be afraid. But the reality is there's nothing to fear and we need to stop listening to the government because until yeah. they will continue to take all the power they can get until we tell them no. And again, if you are old or have pre-existing conditions, it makes perfect sense to be nervous about COVID the same way you should be nervous about the flu. Well, that's how you should be treating it at, at this point. So you shouldn't be giving it additional uh, attention as you would any other disease. That's This is my point of view. Um, like, I, I, will, I won't tell anyone to not get vaccinated. I won't tell anyone to not stop wearing masks because I don't know if you have other conditions or whatever. But me at 32, um, healthy, uh, just got a Pelton bike. Uh, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't care what anyone does for their own health. If you are worried about if you're worried about COVID, be, then be worried about it. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated, stay home, do whatever you think you need to do for yourself. But the, the, the data is clear. The reality is clear. It is no bigger threat to you than many of the million, the hundreds of illnesses that are already out there today. So if you are immunocompromised and you shouldn't catch the flu or pneumonia during the winter, then yeah, you probably don't want COVID. Uh, but if you're a healthy young individual, it's probably not a concern. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. The the city I'm in has uh, is doing like mandatory mask, but no one's enforcing it. No one at all. So I, I just thought that's interesting. That they 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 just like like this the stores aren't enforcing it. Like there's no signs up that say you need to wear masks, anything like that. But yeah, um, so you want to move on to uh, the beautiful California. Yeah, let's, I was trying to pull up some videos to talk about it, but yes. Um, and, 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 but just one last topic on COVID while we're on the topic, and I'm going to share my screen for those that can see it. Um, so those of you watching Hulu, but just wanted to put this out there that I am, a, I, Mike and I have said numerous times, we're not anti-vaxxers. I at least officially all, am. All of our kids have their vaccines. But but here's what I'm going to say is, and I won't speak for Michael, let him speak for himself, but I officially am an anti-vaxxer now. And what I mean by that is if you look at the updated dictionary, dictionary definition by Merriam-Webster, and I have got this up on my screen on the internet as of today, December 5th, 2021, it's a person who opposes the use of vaccines or regulations mandating vaccination. They've updated the definition of anti-vaxxer to be more inclusive of anybody who's against mandates. Uh, so by their definition, I am officially an anti-vaxxer. Oh, look, I'm not going to shy away from that. So I, I see that on there, especially a parent who opposes having his or her child vaccinated. <laughs> so, yes, I, I just wanted to put that on there. Uh, we weren't anti-vaxxers until they decided to change what that meant. Uh, but I am now. So. Mike, again, I'll, I won't speak for you, but according to this, I am because I am very staunchly opposed to vaccine mandates. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with the mandates for kids to go to public schools, but I have a problem once you're an adult and you're mandating or even like um, like having uh, like nurses have to get the flu vaccine and something like that. That really doesn't bother me because it's that individual job saying it and you're working in a hospital. So I understand that you want to decrease the amount of infections as much as possible. 
So we'll I'm, agree I'm, to I'm, disagree on that. I understand your point, but I am I'm not a I'm not in favor of that either. A private employer has no the government and a private employer has no right to dictate what someone is doing with their body. And then anyone wants to say, oh, well, abortion, then uh, that's you're not doing that to your body. You're doing that to somebody else's body. That's the difference um, that a, a baby is a, is a person. Uh, if a baby wasn't a person, if it was was just a, a clump of cells like people yeah. want to pretend it is, then you could do whatever you want. Right. That's like, listen, if you want to remove that tumor, go for it. Baby, no. Nah. That's, that's the difference because the tumor actually is a clump of, of cells. A baby is a baby, a human being in the uh, fetus stage of life. <laughs> Maybe we should, we should jump to the to Supreme Court then. Yeah, so let's do that because we've kind of changed. So uh, for anyone who's not aware, the Supreme Court is currently hearing a case that is one in, of the most important Mississippi? cases. Uh, yeah, it's the Mississippi abortion law, yep. um, but it stands to potentially overturn Roe v. Wade. So it is the most important court case in many ways in the history of the court. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up there with, in my opinion, up there with Marbury v. Marbury v. Madison in terms of establishing judicial review um, with, uh, you know, Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, and by the way, people who are saying that... Um, you know, we well, you can't overturn Roe v. Wade because it's it's established, it's established uh, precedent, uh, which is an argument I've actually heard. That's actually been the argument made by the government largely. Yeah, I in can this say case. Uh, Plessy versus Ferguson. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, if, <laughs> if then then maybe you should read the history of the court. Mm-hmm. Plessy versus uh, Ferguson was overturned by um, Brown versus Board of, of Education. That is correct. Otherwise, we would still have separate but separate equal. equal. Yeah. So if you believe, as the government does, because that's been the DOJ's main argument in the oral arguments to the court, according to all reports, has been essentially that they, they haven't really established anything. They've stayed away from the fact uh, about anything that makes any sense, really, other than saying you can't overturn legal precedent. Yep. That's exactly what the Supreme Court does. That's that's pretty much the whole thing that the that's Supreme the Court entire does, purpose is of set and, and, and overturn and change precedent. And as Mike said, Brown v. Board of Education is massively important because it overturned Plessy v. Ferguson. If you couldn't do that, we would never have ended segregation in this country Exactly. because it would have been established legal precedent. So it just is what it is. So the idea that Roe v. Wade is untouchable because it's been around for a long time is retarded. It is. And I'm not, I'm not even going to mince my way to say it's a ludicrous and idiotic thing to say. Yeah. Cause Plessy versus Ferguson was what? 15, 20 years before Brown versus Ferguson. Board of Education? Uh, let's see. Brown versus Board of Education was 1954. Plessy v. Ferguson. I feel like it's uh, 30s. It sounds about right, but I don't remember exactly off the top of my head what year it was. Um, so I'm looking. Uh, 1896. Really? Yes. Wow, I was way off. For some reason, I thought it was like 1930s. Yep, it was. Well, uh, I mean, it makes sense that it's like right after the. Uh, it was during the Jim Crow era. Yeah. I mean, well, the Jim Crow era was a long time. It was, but it was really most significantly, uh, most significant in right the South the immediately in the antebellum period. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, it was an established, that means it was an established case 
for so essentially almost years. the exact same amount of time that Roe v. Wade has been established. Roe v. Wade was 1973, 70. I want to say. Yeah, I know um, 70s. I know it's 70s, but I'm going to get the year right because we're going for accuracy since we're bringing it up. Roe v. 1973, Jeff for the oh. win. Roe v. Wade, Also, also I, I do appreciate that you, you keep saying B instead of versus. I mean, that is the actual way to say it. I know, I, I, but I appreciate it because most people don't know that. Fair enough. I used to read court uh, cases for fun. So, Batman v. Superman. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> um, but Roe v. Wade was 1973, which means it's a 48-year gap to today. Um, and by the time this case is actually decided, which is probably going to be sometime in the June timeframe of next year, it'll be 49 years. And so we said 1896 to 1954, it's very close to the same amount of time that legal precedent stood. So yeah, you can definitely overturn a 50 year precedent. Plessy was in place longer than Roe v. Wade has been in place. Exactly. But the other thing I want to bring up here is for anyone listening here that is pro-life, don't give up whatever, anything you've done, don't give it up because this doesn't end the movement. A lot of people are seeing this. If, if this case does overturn Roe as a huge win and we should, we should be happy about that. We should mm -hmm. see it as a win for, um, for rights in this country, for unborn children. We should see it as a win for, um, Liberty. We should see it as a win ultimately for humanity in this country and getting this country back on track of being a civilized nation. Um, all of that aside, though, it doesn't actually change anything. That's what people need to remember is overturning Roe v. Wade does not eliminate abortion in this country. What it does is it gives it back to, back the, to states. the states. Yep. So then you still we still need to be out there as conservatives pushing the doctrine and the idea that life starts at conception, that life is worth protecting and that adoption is an option that exists. And I'll get into that in a minute because the left has mounted their new campaign on how the evils of adoption are why abortion needs to exist. Uh, but adoption is an option. So we on the right have to keep hammering it because just because this case may or may not even turn out the way we want, because frankly, I don't think it's the way, I don't think it's the slam dunk that the left is assuming it is because right. Kavanaugh and Barrett have, have tipped their hands in other cases so far that they are not the conservatives that people thought they were when they were nominated to the court. So could this overturn Roe v. Wade? Yes, it could. Will it? I don't know. But what I do know is that when it does, the fight's not over. So don't stop there. Take the win, be happy about it, be happy about the amazing thing this means for the country, but don't forget about what it mean, what we need to keep doing because we need more states like Texas, Mississippi, Alabama that are pushing laws that limit abortion mm -hmm. because that's what we need to do. Because until we make it number one illegal in this country to have an abortion so that the access isn't there, so that doctors can't be readily doing this, and number two, educate women that they have options to protect their, to, to give the children up or to do things. Um, we have, we have to keep fighting that. And by the way, everyone, I, I continue to see this on, from people on the left on Twitter, the, well, then if, if women are going to be forced to give birth, first of all, you're not being forced to give birth because, uh, in 99% of cases, uh, cases of abortion, it was not rape or incest. Uh, that is the overwhelming minority, which means you had consensual sex. So you're not being forced to give birth. You could choose right. not to have consensual sex. Um, the or second piece. Wrap it up. Get get the pill. There's ways to prevent pregnancy. And, and all of that is not even 
you know, all of that's not hundred percent. I get that, but you're taking the risk. You know, if you're old enough to have sex, you're old enough to know that that generates children. If you don't want to have kids, you want to have a surefire thing, be abstinent. And I'm not saying that you have to be abstinent. But what I'm saying is you need to deal with the consequences of your action. If I fire that's a it. gun into a crowd and I hit someone, uh, that's on me. If I am Alec Baldwin and I fire a gun at my cinematographer, that's apparently on everybody else. But in most cases, Jeff, what the gun you do fired itself. The fact that he actually did a 90 minute interview where he shifted the blame on everyone and everything but himself and didn't even seem, he wasn't even contrite. He didn't even say he had like, didn't seem remorseful for killing someone no, accident no. or not. You should at least feel bad. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, I deal with the consequences of my actions, deal with the consequences of yours. All that aside, until we actually help people to realize that you have to deal with those consequences, we're not going to win the fight. And I keep seeing from people on the left that, well, if women are going to be forced to give birth, then men shouldn't be allowed to walk away from children, uh, walk away from families when they're, when there's a child. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I 100 agree with that. I, I, the problem is, I, it's not the slam dunk liberals that you think this is. If you're a liberal listening to this show who's pro-choice and you think that's a slam dunk on the right, it's not. Um, you're, you're not like I, I don't know what you think you're doing, but you're not. Yeah, we're pro-family. Pro I've never met a conservative who was pro-life that thought that it was okay for a guy to like, haha, I got you pregnant, now I'm gone. Like, yeah. I don't think that's ever been an argument that I've heard. I think yeah. every single one of us believes that, yeah, you should be on the hook for that kid. Yeah, you should, you should literally um, start at like, what, six weeks, eight weeks, whenever you can do the, the DNA test to find out, what, what, what is that? Do you remember? Um, I can't remember anymore. To do, an actual, to do an actual, uh, an actual um, in utero paternity test i don't know exactly when you can do it and i it's also dangerous to the baby to do an in utero paternity test so i, I don't thought the what's the one where like they can like take the dna to, to check if they have like down syndrome i thought they could do it then that, uh i don't know if they can do that for paternity or not so i would have to check i've never had okay. that as a concern with either of my children uh or my my current Fair. child or my the little one that my wife is currently carrying um they can do that test at 10 weeks and what mike's talking about for anyone who hasn't had kids is they can do a blood test of the mother's blood that also has the dna of the uh, baby in it because that blood is intermingled throughout the pregnancy. Um, and they can check for, um, chromosomal issues and, and things like that. And they can also check the sex because they can see what chromosomes the baby has. Um, I don't know if that can be done for, for paternity or not. I, oh, okay. I, that's, that's never something that I've inquired about because it wasn't a concern. That's um, fair. That's fair. I just assume because they were I, I would, you might be right because you're right there. They, I, I assume they could probably do a DNA sequence out of it, in which case it's not nearly as dangerous as it used to be. It used to be very dangerous to do an in utero yeah, yeah. paternity test. Um, but frankly, I, I would even be okay with, let's say it is dangerous for an in utero paternity test. Then I don't think you should do it. And I think that if there is reason to believe that man is the father, then he's on the hook. And if the baby is born and it turns out it's not his kid and the, and the woman lied, that she's on the hook for, you know, the, the reimbursement the, for, for those, the, for the, yeah, for dealing with that and the, or the new, or the actual father is, I don't care, but yeah, I'm totally okay with the man who got you pregnant being on the hook for the medical bills and everything. Yeah. Every single thing. So that doesn't phase me at all. Yeah. So if, if you think that's the win, when you're talking about, you know, oh, well, well, you know, here we go, Republicans, how about the men have to be involved? Okay. 
cool. I'm good with that. Actually, matter of fact, make them involved earlier than what you're saying. That's what that's what our belief is. Anything else? Anything else, liberals? That's all. That's all you got. <laughs> like it's, it's so stupid. Or it's like men should take a. Um, uh, I can't think of the name now. Uh, should, should, should be able to take a birth control. It's like, all right, if it's available, <laughs> there's none available because the birth uh, uh, birth control pill was like established like the year or two before like they updated the medical standards and like it wouldn't actually be approved today. So it's like they're trying to make one for men, but uh, it's, uh, it's still too dangerous or the, the symptoms are too severe. It's like, yeah, I would I would have no problem doing that in my twenties when I was single. Yeah, it's it, it, there's 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 nothing you can throw back at <laughs> at conservatives that this is going to that's going to yeah. shoot this down. Life is the most important liberty to protect in the United States, and and again, um, I I am hopeful as sh- I hope all listeners to this program are that this case will overturn Roe v. Wade and return two very important things. Uh, number one is the constitutional power of states' rights. And number two, the most important thing, the protection of life uh, as, yes. as the paramount uh, responsibility of this, of this government. Both of those were stricken down by Roe v. Wade, and both of them need to come back. I agree. I agree. <sighs> oh, also, when the women say my, uh, my body, my choice, is like, listen, you can do whatever you want with your body besides the 40 weeks that you're carrying this baby. Well, like I, and as again, else, I don't care. I don't well, care. Just, the, here's the other thing is there, there's two problems I have with the my body, my choice. Number one is the same people who say that are now mad, like loudly screaming from the rooftops for vaccine mandates. So literally forcibly injecting people with a with a experimental drug. Um, so where'd that choice go in, in your scenario? <laughs> number one. Number two, even if you are, even if you don't have the. Uh, the intellectual dishonesty of being between the two, which most people, I believe, do have that intellectual disconnect. If you're pro-choice, you seem to also be pro-vax mandate. But even if you're honestly sticking to your your guns and you're like, I'm not, I'm not for either one. My body, my choice applies to your body. As I established, mm-hmm. it is not your body. You are carrying no, no. a child not, not that you. is a not living you. entity. Science, science established that is not your body. Yes, that is true. It ever is the scientific community Jeff, Jeff is has not consensus. The this is yeah. I am not the science. I'm not Fauci, unfortunately. But it, it you're carrying a baby, so it's not your body that you're that I'm worried about. It is the body inside of you that you want to either suffocate to death in a first trimester pregnancy. Um, you want to uh, rip apart, in the rip second apart trimester. in second trimester pregnancy, or induce a heart attack heart in a third attack. trimester pr- pregnancy. So. All three of those are proof that you have to do something to kill a physical entity, to kill a human being, because you're not just taking out a clump. You don't have to kill a tumor. You just take it out. You cut it away and it's gone. That's not what you're doing with an abortion, as is clear by if you read even even pro-choice people about how abortions are carried out. Every single one of them requires killing the infant. And that's what I have a problem with. So it's not your body, your choice. You have another body inside of you. And you know what? The reality is that's just the way things are. Yes, women are the only ones who carry babies and that's unfair. Well, you know what? That's the way you were made by God. So it is yeah. what it is. Like, and, and it's like, 
yes, you have to carry the baby. That's why we believe that the men have to stay around to protect you and yes. care for you. Although I would like to point out the massive hypocrisy on the left that again, anytime abortion comes up, it's a women's issue and only people with a uterus or only women should talk on the issue. I'm sorry, well, transphobes, but since when do I have to have a uterus or a vagina to be a woman? I thought that some women had penises and some men menstruated. I thought that the gender was just a construct and none of that, none of your parts meant anything. So maybe I'm allowed to have an opinion now because oh. I am a woman. And, yep. and if I choose and to be a woman, then I get to have an opinion on abortion. So you know what? I'm a woman for the day and abortion is wrong. So there you. you go. So Thank either you, you're Jeff. a transphobe who is pro-choice <laughs> or, um, or you're a liar. Yes. So if, if it wasn't clear, Jeff and I were identifying as women for the last 15 or so minutes. Yeah. I identified as a woman because that's the only way you can have an opinion on, on abortion, apparently. But my parts don't matter. My appearance doesn't matter. The only thing that matters it's is how, how I, I feel. feel. How I feel inside. So, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg and everyone else who's coming out and screaming about this on the left, you're all transphobes. Because clearly you don't really believe in my truth. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting how hypocritical the left is. Like how they can have such polar opposite views on things and not realize it. Because that's what the left is supposed to believe. Like you, you can't believe that only women can uh, have an opinion. Also believe that there's twenty thousand genders. Also believe that vaccine that, uh, mandates uh, are a great thing and should be done. Like I don't understand how you can uh, believe all those things at once. Unless you're the cognitive not... dissonance required to be a liberal is beyond my understanding. Yeah, I don't get it. And I think that's why a lot of the liberals like Dave Rubin, like I, I have to be a conservative because what the left left believes or what liberals believe, I can't vibe with. I think Tulsi Gabbard is going to uh, be a conservative by the yeah. uh, well, <laughs> end of the year. What progressives, what progressives are pushing is so beyond ig ignorant and beyond ridiculous that I anyone with half a brain or remote on a remote integrity can't possibly espouse to be do it anymore like you said dave rubin tulsi gabbard even bill maher who i cannot stand the dude is a militant atheist and a massive asshole mm -hmm. but even he is calling out the progressive left because even he realizes they, they just like they say things that don't even make any sense like race and gender and all of that's a construct unless it's not unless unless you know you want to use it against straight white men and then, well, white men don't get to have, uh, men of any kind don't get to have an opinion on abortion and, and white men don't get to have an opinion on race and uh, straight men, black, white, it doesn't matter. You don't get to have an opinion on uh, the LGBT community. And it, it's all ridiculous. Garbage. Yeah, but at the same time, they celebrate when white women become transgender, like uh, Elliot Page is like, you should hate that because now... Elliot has moved into the patriarchy. And now, yeah, now she's just a straight white man. Yeah. She no, was because no, Ellen Page wasn't getting enough attention because she's a horrible actress. Um, and, and I've said this before, so I will say it again. Elliot Page, Ellen Page, whatever, is a terrible actress. Um, and her career was yeah. in the tank, so she became a lesbian. 
That gave her a nice little boost for a little bit, got her into the Umbrella Academy. Her terrible performance that a paper bag could have done a better job of started to slip, and so she had to become a man. And now she's just a straight white man because she's a man who's attracted to women. Mm -hmm. I will say she did a great job in the first season of Umbrella Academy of acting like she was on drugs the entire time and had no emotion. She did a fantastic job of that. She did do a fantastic job of acting like a wall. Yes. Which is, I mean, like, the only reason she was good in the first season is because they wanted her to play the character totally flat. The problem is when they got into the second season, they said, uh, No more drugs. Ellen, you're free. Ellen, you're no supposed more, no to. No more memory. <laughs> Ellen, your character's supposed to have feelings again. Oh, I'm playing with feelings. Uh, are do, you, you? do you know what feelings are, Ellen? Like, are I, you really? I honestly believe that you could hire almost anyone from behind the camera on that show to do a better job in that, in that role. She's horrible. Um, Jeff, do you remember the cartoon Ed, Ed and Eddie? I do. I think Plank could do a better job of acting. I would have rather watched Plank. That, I like the Umbrella Academy, and honestly, her performance makes it nearly unwatchable for me because I find it irritating. And not, because, not even just because I don't like Ellen Page because you know, she's just distractingly bad. Like in Inception, for example, great movie, one of my all-time favorite movies. Her performance, terrible. That's why, if you notice, she has very little screen time on the film. And I don't know if that was why I don't see, I'll never know because I wasn't behind the scenes, right? But I don't know if that was intentional in the script or if they simply cut her role down when they actually got to the editing room because she's just bad on film. The only role that she's memorable for is Juno. And she's only memorable for that movie because it's about two awkward people being awkward together. And Very true. she plays awkward well because she is awkward. Yeah. So uh, since we're talking about the Supreme Court, I have a question for you. So with the Emancipation Proclamation, do you think that should have happened and we had amendments or that should have went to the Supreme Court case and like uh, established that slaves are human beings under the Constitution? Uh I believe I, I, I'm gonna say two things here. Now, one's going to be one's going to be very controversial. Um, That's but, why I asked the question, Jeff. So I believe that the Supreme Court should have very clearly established that that um, I'm not going to say slaves, but that blacks were people and that slaves were people, um, and therefore had rights. However, I do not believe the Supreme Court had the authority or the right to free the slaves. Because slavery as an institution is not an American, contrary to what everyone in the media would have you believe, slavery is not an American institution. It's an institution that's existed on this earth almost since the inception of human beings. Yeah. Um, it's, it's existed in every culture. All, pretty much every race has been slaves at one point in time. And actually, the majority of slave, African slaves were owned by other Africans. So, um, and, and, and none also of this that, is to say but, that. And like the majority of African slaves went to South America. Also true. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and were sold by Africans in Africa. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe the court had the right to free the slaves because I don't believe they had the right to strike down the institution of slavery and say that because you're a person, you can't be a slave because the idea of slavery, it, the way slavery was carried out in the United States was clearly wrong. Because what the, the way slave owners tried to do it to make it seem like it was okay was to dehumanize slaves and act like, like blacks were less than human. And mm -hmm. that's abundantly clearly wrong. That is abhorrent. 
But the idea of slavery as a as an institution is different than that. And I don't think the I don't think the the courts had any right to use any constitutional means to say slavery should be illegal because the idea that a human being could be bought and sold into slavery, I think, is a different idea. And I think that needed to be put into the Constitution through an amendment rather than the Emancipation Proclamation. When when Lincoln did it, while it was the right thing to do morally, it was incredibly illegal. Mm. Okay. So, and again, I know that's going to be controversial. I know you may not even agree with it, but I've I've no, thought about this to, in the past. Yeah, I think I think I, I brought this up to you in the past about wanting to talk about the different amendments, and that's the only one I can think of that I guess didn't make sense to me. So I, I guess with um, the Constitution establishing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, how can that exist while also having the institution of slavery? Two things. First of all, the Constitution does not establish life, liberty, and, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence, which is not Sorry. a legal, do which is not a legal document, does. In the, mm -hmm. the Declaration of Independence is is an amazing document, but it's really just a dude pontificating. It's not legal. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a dude saying to a king, "Screw you," and this is why I'm saying screw you. Right, um, so it doesn't have any legal standing in terms of the American Constitution. I think that's important for America, for people listening to the show to understand. Number two, I think it's important to understand that, again, the way slavery was carried out in the United States, I disagree. with. I'm not saying that I agree with it. But what I am saying is that life, liberty, and, and even if you say that that's the foundational principles of the Constitution, which I, I agree, you can say it's the foundational principles. Even if you agree that that's the foundational principles, the reality is that it, the 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 Constitution does not say whether or not you are allowed to own property, and just and even if you treat slaves well, even you can still say that people are. It, it's not in twenty twenty one a nice thing to say, but you can still say that you are a slave. You are beholden to this person. It's gone back for millennia that way, and slaves in many slaves in Rome were treated better than foreigners in Rome. A lot of people don't know that in ancient Rome, you could be a Roman, you could be a slave, and then you could be uh, like somebody from not Gaul and elsewhere. And what? Or not a Roman. Yeah. Well, uh, slaves wouldn't have been considered Roman citizens. No, I was saying like Roman, slave, and then other. That's, that's what I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah, no, fair enough. But And so slaves were treated well there, but they were still slaves, meaning they weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to, to leave. Um, and again, whether you disagree with that on a moral basis, I think is different than saying, did the constitution give you the right to strip away that institution? I think that had to be done through an amendment. I don't think the court, I think uh, that's a okay. massive overreach by the courts. Okay. So you, so you agree that the Emancipation proclamation shouldn't, shouldn't have happened. I, agree. I, uh, I do not uh, think legally, the Emancipation legally, Proclamation legally. was legally, uh, yes, just legally. like, just like a suspending habeas corpus. Neither one of those was legally within the president's power. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you, you still believe that the amendment was necessary to end the institution of slavery. I think the amendment was necessary okay. to outlaw, to outlaw slavery because otherwise that is a state's issue in my opinion. Otherwise I think it's an, an overreach of the courts to say, well, this institution is not allowed in this country. Um, I think the courts doing that is judicial activism. I don't think that's something the courts had the power to do. I think the courts had to had the power to establish that. Um, like, I don't think the equal rights things uh, in the in the 13th Amendment were necessary, because I believe the courts could have easily established that 
as a as an American, blacks, whites, doesn't matter. You are given the same rights under God if you are a free person. I don't think the courts had the right to free slaves across, uh, around the country. I think that needed the amendment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So without the amendment, could you be born as an American into slavery, legally speaking? Or would you have to like enter into agreement to be a slave? Because some, some slaves are like, I owe debt, so I'm going to be this person's slave for... Some some is an indentured... Years. There's a difference yeah, between slavery and indentured That's servitude. True. That's true. And admittedly, I haven't gotten into the, like, there, there's a large moral uh, aspect to this. And, and frankly, I think there's a biblical aspect to this um, that I, I won't necessarily get into now. But I, while I don't agree with the institution of slavery or being born into slavery, I think from a legal perspective, again, I don't think the courts had the right to say that someone was, I think that if you were born into slavery, um, in terms of from a purely legal constitutional perspective, I don't think the courts have the right to strip to, to change that. Hmm. Okay. I think that the only way for that to be done appropriately was for the constitution to be amended and ratified. All the states agree that. Okay. Well, not even all the states, three fifths or three fourths of the states to ratify the amendment. I mean, without the amendment, then it'll be all the states individually. Exactly. I could be just, and, and, and that has less to do with my feeling. It has, it has nothing to do with the feelings on slavery and more to do with the, if you really look at what the constitution was, the courts are, are supposed to establish whether or not a law is constitutional. And because the constitution purely provides for the act of slavery, I don't see how the courts can say something, say slavery is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Constitution had the three-fifths amendment or the, the sorry, the three-fifths compromise. So it it specifically it specifically enumerates laws dictating the counting of slaves. slaves. So it's it would be very hard for me to believe that the court would not be overreaching to say that slavery is unconstitutional because that when means they're ignoring the, the actual text of the Constitution. Mm, okay. Okay, that makes sense. So, and I, and that to many of our listeners, that may be controversial by no means is that a defense of slavery. Uh, but it is, I, I think that the amendment needed to legal, think, legal authority of the, of the government. Yeah. I think, I think moral... that there's an importance to following the way the constitution is written. Mm-hmm. There's a reason there that amendments are, there's a reason we're allowed to amend it. If the constitution didn't allow for amendments, that'd be different, but it does. And so we should follow that process when we want to change something fundamental about the way the federal government does something, because otherwise any, it, it really comes back to the 10th amendment, any power not specifically given to the federal government in the constitution reverts to the states. And because the outlawing of slavery across the nation required federal power that they didn't have, it had to be done through the federal, through an amendment to allow the federal government to dictate to the states what their, what their local law would be. Mm, okay. So what about the, the amendment uh, to allow women to vote? Should that have been like, as an American, you should have this right to vote? Uh, or do you think that, that amendment was also necessary? I don't think that amendment was necessary. Um, I, I don't recall the exact text on um, on voting in the Constitution. I'll have to pull it up um, mm-hmm. unless you can pull it up. But I believe I don't believe that the Constitution specifically specifies who's legally allowed to vote and who's not. If it does, then the amendment was necessary. But I don't recall off the top of my head 
that the constitution specifically says that it had to be men or anything of that nature. It says um, what the, who can hold office. And it says that you have to be a citizen, I believe. But beyond that, I think it leaves all voting to the states and the way they handle it. Um, and it's handled by laws, not by the constitution. So I, I don't think the amendment was necessary for that. I think that the courts could have done. Okay. But yeah. well, I'll, I'll look it up later. So I'll probably need to actually read the constitution. It's not, it's that specific part of that specific aspect of the constitution. I don't, I don't know offhand. Yeah, actually, I have the Constitution on my bookshelf. I'll, I'll just grab that and read that one in a second. Or after this is done, we can talk about it later. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look. Like I said, I don't recall that offhand, offhand but that's that's my opinion. And I'm by no means, for those listening, by no means am I a legal scholar, obviously, but um, that's my opinion on, on it. I, I think it's I think the, the, the concern for me when we run into stuff like this is there's a fine line between the courts setting something right and the courts deviating from the balance of the, the balance of power and the separation of powers. And it's important to me that the, that we don't justify it as a means to an end. And I think that's like in the argument for saying the courts could have overturned slavery is a strong one. But to me, where it falls down is you can easily say, well, that violates the separation of powers. And just because it, it was a good end, it doesn't justify you're using the end to justify the means um, mm -hmm. when there is an appropriate means there. Um, just like I like, I don't actually think that the, the court had the right to uh, validate uh, gay marriage. I don't believe that was a Supreme court issue uh, for two reasons. One, I don't believe it was a federal government issue. Um, and two, yeah. I don't believe it's a, uh, I don't believe it's a constitutional issue. It's now people wanted to get around that by saying, make, let's make a constitutional amendment banning gay marriage. Cause then the courts can't Kurt, the court can't overturn a constitutional amendment because now it's in the constitution. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, which is why I think the uh, abolishment of slavery in the constitution is important because you couldn't get an activist court that goes and undoes it either. Because as we just talked about, if you did, that's the other problem is if you did abolish slavery through the courts, all you have to do is is switch the courts, and as we established earlier, you can change precedent. Yeah, you can thereby yeah. re-legalize slavery. Yeah, if you do it in the Constitution, it's it's set in stone; it cannot go away unless you amend it to get rid of it. Okay, that's a good point. Because before this conversation, my thought is uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was good, but I thought that they should have had like a Supreme Court case um, brought in, brought in, um, brought up to, to declare that slavery was. A violation of human rights but your your point of it being an amendment makes more sense to me yeah that's now, after, after discussing mm -hmm. yeah and like i said that's that's my reason for it. and the emancipation proclamation was very good and it was also strategically intelligent by lincoln from a war perspective but it was blatantly illegal yeah uh now like i said where where i do think the court needed to step in more than it did and there were cases where this happened was the court stepping in to provide rights for free blacks because even before um, slavery was abolished, there were free, there were freedmen and they needed to be treated equally because that is a constitutional issue. You're a free citizen. You should be treated as such. Right. Okay. So I, I set my Supreme Court decision of one step uh, too far back. 
Yeah, like I say, it's an interesting thing to debate because I think there would be a lot of people who would disagree with my my opinion. But that's I, I've given it thought, and that's where my kind yeah. of where my opinion falls. That makes sense. I mean, because I, I don't think the civil rights um, acts make sense. I think they should those should be Supreme Court cases. Well. And that I 100% agree with you on because those, in my opinion, those came after the abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. They those came after. Uh, you know, really after the abolition of slavery is all, all that matters. It came after many other things too, after the Jim Crow laws were struck down and things like that. But right. you don't need those because the Supreme Court should simply uphold that all men and women under the Constitution are, are given the same legal protections. You don't need – that's why the Equal Rights Amendment that people keep wanting to get passed is is unnecessary because the Constitution already provides for that. The Constitution mm-hmm. already says you cannot be discriminated upon based on race, gender, sex, etc. So you don't need to have an amendment that says women have equal rights because the Constitution already or says, says it. I got um, you. So I agree with you. The Civil Rights Acts are unnecessary. They're they're duplicative um, of what the Constitution says. Slavery, I think, was a different case. Like for the reasons I already laid out, and I won't get back into it. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Happy to get into it. It's probably more interesting than most of what we were going to talk about anyway. Yeah. All right. So now that you have that great conversation, let's talk about random people stealing stuff in California. Yeah. I I don't know that there's a ton to talk about with this other than the fact that I just I find it so absurd that the media is trying to defend the Jen Psaki actually went so far as to defend this recently. Um, I'll find the clip and pull it up for our, our listeners and our viewers here in a moment. But Jen Psaki went so far as to say it was because of COVID that these people are looting. And, and this isn't just a little bit of looting. These are actual like hit squads. They are, they are full-blown well, heists happening at Nordstrom's yeah. and Targets and Home Depots and everything all That's across why. the West Coast. Yeah. And to be fair, it did start off as like one person. Like, hmm, I'm going to see what, what I can get away with it. I'm going to load my card up and just walk out and see what happens. But now it's like 30 people uh, running in at once, cleaning out the entire store and running back out and possibly punching any employees uh, on their way out. So so it clearly has escalated. And it it wasn't just because of the pandemic. It's because California has this stupid law in place that says, if you only steal this amount, you only get a ticket. But yeah, it's it's crazy just to see like all those videos of, and like you know you have mass mandates, so you don't know who know who the people are either. Yeah, that's the best part to me is that you've now made everyone in America look like they're about to rob a stagecoach. So it's real easy to be about to commit a major a major crime. And like before, if I walked into a bank and I put a mask on my face, immediately a security guard would be on me and they'd yes. already be hitting the silent alarm and everything. People would know, oh, something's about to happen. Now, if I walk on without a mask on my face, then it's the security guard and the police being called. So they've made it really easy to commit crime. And as you pointed out, it's you can't get prosecuted for it for the most part. And now they're just taking it further and further because they're like, you're not even going to pursue us. <laughs> and yeah. so like, they're getting hit with massive, massive thefts in some of these malls on Black Friday, and um, it's been continuing for a while. And Jen Psaki actually went so far as to say the COVID was the root cause. Yeah. There, there was one video I saw of, I think they were out at a Target, and they were just like loading their van up with like detergent. 
<laughs> like they have like they have like bottles yeah. of detergent. I think they took all the detergent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, I don't think that's caused uh, caused by the pandemic. I think people are, are going to put this on on Facebook Marketplace and sell this. So, yeah, it was it was just funny. Uh, do you have the, the video up yet? Uh, I think I yes, I just found it. Okay, so let me right. pull it up. Some more information for you. Um, Go for it. Can I provide one other update to you since you asked me about crime yesterday and I have a little more information for you? Um, about crime? My question was about she. Well, you asked me a question about crime yesterday. Okay. So I was going to yeah. give you a little a little extra okay. information. I followed up for you, right. Peter. Um, so I would note what I what should have added yesterday, but I learned afterwards is that um, the Justice Department, the FBI, and the federal law enforcement have been in touch, in contact with jurisdictions where we have seen uh, this high level of retail theft. So, for example, in Los Angeles, we, we've seen a rash of robberies. The FBI is providing assistance to a multi-jurisdictional task force led by the L.A. Police Department. I'd also note that on top of that, the Department of Justice announced last week that San Francisco, where a number of high-profile retail thefts have happened, will get money to hire 50 more police officers through the COPS program that the president has championed. That came as part of nearly $150 million in similar grants nationwide. So just a few updates for you. Thank you for that. Uh, we will include that. In I look coverage. forward to seeing it on Fox later today. It's on Fox right now. Okay, I, I bet it is. So not the video I meant to pull up, but an interesting one, because this is a follow up the day later talking uh, about the plan to address these COVID cause thefts. So it's quite interesting that, number one, clearly they've changed their opinion that COVID is not the cause of these thefts. And number two is that uh, the we defund police, the police party decided to fund <laughs> more police. I'm so confused, Jeff. Because police are supposed to be evil, but they just gave more money to the police. And that doesn't seem to make sense to me. Maybe it's just because, you know, I'm all about logic and have an engineering mind. But if you wanted to fund something, you give it less money, not more. Is that is that how that works when you say defund? Uh, I think so, but I'm not okay. exactly an economist. So Okay. Maybe maybe we should pull up the uh another de definition of what the fund means. <laughs> okay oh here we go right here so google says the fund means prevent from continuing to receive funds okay so you're not supposed to receive funds but they got store a CV hmm. okay. okay interesting good to know yeah another video to show yeah so here's the next one and this is the the day earlier uh, with her initial response. So when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, a Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean, you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Go so when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot Just a insane. store, a CVS... Yeah. Just absolute insanity. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it is great that I, I, I didn't mean to pull up the videos in the order I did. and that. But it's funny because you can see the immediately walking it back the next day. Oh, well, I looked into it. Um, so, yeah, the string of crimes, we're creating a task force. And we're doing, so you recognize there is a major issue um, and the police are the, are the solution. Um, maybe making it so that people can't commit grand larceny and then writing it off as a pandemic woe. 
uh, would be a solution. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of it is because of the pandemic, because everyone's ha- is forced to wear a mask. So I, I get what she's saying. She makes perfect sense, Jeff. Because of the pandemic and us making everyone look like they're getting ready to rob a bank, uh, that's why people are robbing banks. So, yeah, I agree with her 100% that part of the reason is because of the pandemic. <laughs> it definitely made it easier. Definitely, 100%. All right. Um, we would be remiss not to talk about this new top and next topic. Although I, I frankly don't want to, because it's as with um, so many of the topics we have to discuss on a weekly basis on this show is just a downer more than anything. But I think it's uh, we would be remiss not to talk about the the Oxford High School shooting in Michigan over the last week. Um, so immediately following the Waukesha massacre which is, I, I'm going to give some, uh, some due to that before I talk about Oxford just briefly. Um, that has been completely brushed under the rug by the media. Uh, every single headline and article about it talks about how an SUV drove through uh, 40 people in a parade as if the SUV drove itself, uh, much like shotguns that fire themselves. Uh, no, yeah. no attention given to the- If it was like a, a Tesla that actually self-drove, that makes sense. But a person was behind the wheel because it was a escape. And that's a person who um, has it actually escape. wasn't an escape. He wasn't trying to escape from anything. They've confirmed that. No, the it was a Ford escape. Oh, a Ford escape. <laughs> I see. Sorry, I, 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 I apologize. I know, I know because the original, the original thought was maybe he was running from another crime. And, yeah. and so that's where I thought. But yes, you're right. It was a, a Ford escape. Uh, I understand. <laughs> but um, to that point, it wasn't an escape from another crime either. He did it on purpose. And the guy was... Uh, was previously posting about, and you know, he was he was angry about the the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, and he was drummed up on racial hatred. That's been bl- brushed under the rug and has gone away. Um, and that that needs to continue to get attention because that was a terroristic act. Now that said, that doesn't lessen the importance or the impact of another terroristic act, in my opinion, of a school shooting in uh, in Michigan, where a 15 year old boy. Uh, brought guns to school and killed four individuals. Um, and and uh, he was apprehended alive, is facing, uh, is, is facing charges as an adult, as he should. His parents are facing charges of involuntary manslaughter um, for allowing him to have access to those guns. And I, I admit, I don't know the exact case of, um, you know, how, whether or not they were locked up. It's uh, from what I've heard, they were not. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll get some more feedback on that. So the gun they bought was for him. So there's a, a Facebook post by either the, I think it was the mom that says we bought him a gun. Um, and be, that day, the parents were up at the school because he was like looking up how to buy ammo at school and they had like this uh, like diary of horrible things said. And it's like, uh, let's leave him here. So, and then. Yeah, I knew they were. So I knew they were at the school earlier that day. And with those kind of red flags, I don't know why. And like, number one, as a parent, look, I, I sympathize. I more than anything, I empathize with the parents who lost children in this. Uh, but I do sympathize with the parents of of the very troubled individual who did this, because I don't know how they were as parents. I don't know if they were concerned about their son. I don't know if they just thought that he was blowing off steam. I don't know. And, and I sympathize with that because as a parent, you don't want to assume your kid can do something like that. However, 
if I saw my son doing something like that, at a minimum, I'd take him out of school. At a yeah. Minimum. So I understand what you're saying, but I, I can't sympathize with him because the mom literally texts it like 30 minutes before he, he did the shooting. Don't do it. So at least the mom knew something was going to happen. So I don't, I don't, I can't symbolize with that, especially because they bought him a gun. So buying him a gun is idiotic. Uh, like, look, yes. I, I will be first. Thing, I'll like, be first to tell you, my son, by the time he's fifteen years old, will have shot a gun many times, most likely. Yeah. Um, so I shot many times at that point. Uh, yeah, however, so I do not have a, a gun of my own or access to it. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, a kid stealing their father's gun or something like that, or mm -hmm. um, versus. The gun is for him and he has it. So that's that's why I can't sympathize with him. Like there's there's other school shootings where it's like the the mom went to the the police or the FBI and they didn't do anything. Um there's cases where like the kid went and found the gun and took it to school. But like the fact that they actually got them got him his gun is like you're terrible parents. So I, I can't I can't sympathize with them on that. That's that's fair. And we'll agree to we'll agree to disagree on the topic because I understand exactly where you're coming from. I still sympathize with them simply from the standpoint of I know that as a parent, most parents are going to believe that their that their kid their parents are going to until the last possible moment believe their kids not going to do something like that. And they're going to hope that they're not going to do it. And by saying I sympathize with them, I am not I am not um, alleviating them. Or, or removing the blame from them that is due because they bought the gun for the kid. They knew he was a risk. They should have done something about it. So I'm by no means saying they don't deserve to stand trial. I'm by no means saying that they deserve to be um, let off scot-free because they deserve blame. But I can still sympathize as a They're not the ones who did it. And so I still sympathize with the fact that as a parent, you try everything you can to help your kid and assume they're not going to do something with that. And, and so I sympathize. Um, it does not mean that I... It does not mean that I believe they're innocent. Um, I think there's, okay. a, I, to me, there's a difference. But again, we don't have to agree. We'll agree to disagree on this fact or on mm -hmm. this matter. That's fair. Um, because again, what they, what their kid did was he needs to go. He needs to get the death penalty. I, I mm -hmm. have no issue with that. Um, and they do need to face charges for buying him the gun for for leading to the death of four four young people. Um, I fully endorse them standing trial um i just it, it it's horrible to see um yeah. all that said the immediate argument i don't want to politicize the issue so i'm not going to um but we know what arguments are coming yeah um so i guess what do you i will also not say his name on the air by the way oh that's yeah that's why i'm not saying the uh wakisha um driver's name correct well. i will not i will not give airtime not that we have a, a massive audience but i will not give airtime to the names of killers um because it is a proven fact that it emboldens others to do this so they can get the notoriety so Very i will true. not give you i will not give the names i'll give the names of victims i will not give the names of murderers thank you um i'm, I'm glad we we both uh, agree with that because we were i noticed we both weren't saying the name but i didn't know it was like oh we just Forgot to Google the name beforehand, or if it's no, like, I, I know the name, but I will not say it on the air. So yeah, that's why I wanted to mention it because I realized people might think like, do these guys just not know who did it? I know the names of both individuals. I will not say the names on air. 
um, because I do not believe that there. I don't know if either one of them did this for the recognition, um, but we, it is a proven fact that in many cases that is a, a motivator. And by taking away the fact that your name is going to be known, uh, hopefully we can help eliminate that motivation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so the question I was, I was going to ask is as, uh, a gun owner and I'll be a, a future gun owner very soon. Yeah, I think we're going to do, I think we're going to do our, uh, we do the Thanksgiving special, the Christmas special. I think we're going to do pick Mike's first gun special. Um, <laughs> well, maybe we'll yeah. have people some write in some suggestions. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so like where, where do you think the line should be? Like if a child shoots someone in responsibility of parents? I think the responsibility, I think the parents always should be held responsible. Um, for for every single school shooting? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, it is my responsibility as a gun owner to know where my guns are, to know that they are secured and to make sure like, I, I, that doesn't mean that the culpability is off of the shooter, obviously. So I'm not saying, oh, only the parents responsible, but I believe in every case, the parent is responsible. Okay. I think cool. the only, I think the only exception to that would be if you have, I have uh, multiple gun safes in my home um, mm -hmm. with biometric locks and things like that. So my son can't figure out the combination and get in. Um, he's a toddler at this point, so he wouldn't be able to do that anyway, but there is no accidentally getting into my gun safes. Um, and it, I, I think the only way that I would say there should be no culpability on a parent would be if you actually had a gun safe and you saw that it was busted open, like very, very <laughs> severely, uh, someone cut into it with a torch. Um, there's, all, there's certain things you just can't fight. Right. Um, I think that that would be an extreme extraneous circumstance that I've never yeah, heard yeah, of. Yeah. But in that circumstance, I would, I would take back what I said, but in every circumstance I've ever heard of, I think the parents are culpable because you know that I know the destructive power of every gun that I own. And mm -hmm. I am very conscious of that when I have anyone in my home, not just my own children. Um, that's why if I have any visiting people in my home, all my guns are locked up and secure and I know where they are. And I know that they cannot be accessed by someone. I do not want to access them. Because it's my responsibility as a gun owner to keep that out of the hands of someone who could do something with it. That's my opinion. No, I, actually, I agree with you 100%. So I, I, I agree 100%. I was trying to think of like uh, cases where that wouldn't be a case. Um, so yeah, the blowtorch. Um, now I was thinking like, all right, if that it was in a safe and they knew the combination, but that's still on you for your Correct. kid getting the, the access to that combination. Exactly. And so that's, like I said, that's why, um, short of the kid actively working to break into the safe, because, because that I think is beyond, I think as long as the parent takes every reasonable step to keep the gun out of the hands of someone, then at that point, like you can only expect a human being to do so much. If, if someone's going to, again, I've never heard of anybody cutting into a gun safe to steal their dad's gun with a blowtorch. If someone's going to do that, then they're going to get a gun one way or the other. And in that case, I'm not going to hold the parent responsible. Um, but getting the combination, I know that kids pick up information from their parents. And so there, that is why you have to be very smart about things like that. That's also why if you're a gun owner, it is, um, and different people listening to this broadcast, feel free to write us at uh, mikeandjeff at gmail.com if you disagree. But you know, many people who are gun owners may disagree with this stance, but that is why I'm a big believer that it is irresponsible as a gun owner to keep your kids in the dark about guns. Um, a lot of people believe that, oh, I have a gun. I have it locked up in my house, but my kid doesn't know where it is. Number one, I guarantee they do. 
Um, mm-hmm. If they're over the age of five, they figured it out. If yeah, you've, they, ever, they if you've probably, ever taken it out, they know where it is. Not even that. It's like I'm sure they were home alone at one point and just walked around the house. Well, yeah, for sure. But even if it's like, even if it's a little kid and you keep it up on a top uh, shelf, they can't reach. And like, if you've ever like, taken right. it down, yeah, it's like, all right, I know they know where yeah. it is. Very true. But it's like, all right, so, the area that I can't reach is where the, like, it's like that's right, where the toys are. Exactly. For Christmas. It's like, I know that's where like the, the, anything that's fun is where I can't reach it. Exactly. So if you think, oh, I'm going to keep it out of their hand or, or they know I have it, but they know they're not allowed to touch it. Um, I personally believe that is irresponsible as a gun owner not to teach your kids gun safety and to shoot. Um, and that's, that's partially because I'm a massive advocate of gun rights. And I believe that everyone should know how to fire a gun um, for their own protection. On top of that, though, I believe that it helps people and ch- specifically it helps children to be responsible with guns if they are brought up respecting guns. I respect the destructive force of a gun and am very cautious with them because I grew up my entire life shooting guns. And I know very well the danger that they have. And I was taught at a very young age to respect that and never, never, never put my hands on a gun, except in the circumstances when I should, um, like at a gun range. And that, you know, even if the gun's not loaded, you never aim a a gun anywhere except for something you are willing to destroy. Um, You know, it's, and I believe that that's not just something I have as a mature adult. I had that respect as a child because it was instilled in me. So as a responsible gun owner, I believe it's the responsibility of everyone who has children and has guns to teach your kid about the guns. Because if you don't, it's become something like Mike said, it becomes that mystery toy that they're interested in and they're going to hear about it in the wrong places and not have the respect for it. They should. And that's when you have people doing things that are stupid, like Alec Baldwin, who doesn't have respect for guns, who pointed a loaded fire on another human being and pulled the trigger. And yes, it was an accident, but that's some that's a mistake that a gun owner or respect a responsible gun owner would not make because you can show me that a gun is clear before you hand it to me and i will check it myself the first thing i do when i'm handed a gun at a store with another person is check the gun myself because it is instilled in me that i never ever ever hold a gun that i don't know it's on that i haven't checked personally and that's if you don't teach a kid that they're not going to learn those things. And even if they, they may just make them just may have an accident where they shoot themselves like Lil Wayne did as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it may not even be that they're going to use it to hurt someone else. They may just not have the respect they need and get their hands on it in the wrong situation. So you need to teach your kids about it. Oh, I agree. And I I like that you brought up Lil Wayne. Nice, nice little shout out. So (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm surprised I knew that. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I told you that, or Stevie. You probably did, because <laughs> it's not something I would know on my own. Yeah. Okay. So and then, so with guns, I I agree with you 100. percent Um. So now let's talk like alcohol. Like, do does alcohol need to be locked up as well? Like, if your if your kid gets some of it and then like, um, drives and and gets in a wreck and kills somebody. Um. I mean, as a responsible parent, you probably shouldn't have alcohol accessible to your teenage kids. I'm, I would be a little more lax on it simply from the standpoint of number one, I, I don't agree with the drinking age laws in this country. Um, in general, that doesn't change drinking and driving and killing someone. But I, I believe part of the reason we have those problems in this country more than other places is because we have drinking laws that don't make sense. Um, I, I think that it's ridiculous that we allow 18 year olds to fight in war, but not to have a beer. Oh, I agree. I think um, 
whatever whenever we establish you are legally adult is whenever you're adult you shouldn't be yeah. like i'm a phase one adult and then when i become 21 i'm the second phase of adult and then when i'm 26 i get the third phase my insurance drops yeah exactly we're 25 and i can get my insurance my, i can get my uh my rental i can finally rent a car yeah. um you know and all that stupid yeah, I agree. And that's my problem is like, you're either, you're, you're old enough to apparently pick the leader of the nation, but you're not old enough to have a beer. It's, it's, or, or to gamble. It's moronic. So mm. I think that's, and I think that's part of the problems with teen drinking that we have that like Europe well, doesn't I mean, have because they're able to drink at an earlier age. And so they gain, uh, they, they understand, they understand their, their tolerance is better. Yeah. I think um, that's one of the issues with like college freshmen is like, I, I'm not allowed to drink, actually, so I'm just going to drink as much as I possibly can because I don't know when I'll be able to drink again. Exactly. Um, so, but but to your original question, I don't know that I would make someone as culpable about their kid getting drunk and driving a car as I would with a gun because if they got, like, first of all, if they get your hand they, their hands on your gun, it's very clearly your gun. That's a known thing. Um, you know whose gun they have, right? If they got drunk and you happen to have alcohol in the house, Maybe it was yours. Maybe their friend got some buy some paid somebody 20 bucks to buy them something at the liquor store. Like mm -hmm. there are a lot of ways for kids to get their hand on alcohol that are much, much easier than getting your hands on a gun. Um, so I think as a responsible parent, you should probably keep your alcohol out of the reach of your kids and you should know what your kids are doing. You should raise your kids to know, like not to do those things, not to drink and drive. And if they're, if they do drink to be responsible and to call you to pick them up, that's the kind of thing. Like you have to have that type of relationship with your kids. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have teenagers, neither do you. So we'll both kind of be, we'll be it's, it's an issue for a uh, 15. Exactly. We'll, we'll be talking about this differently in 15 years, I'm sure. But I think from a theoretical perspective, it's, it's harder for me to say like you're on the hook for what your kid does with alcohol, the way that you, th that doesn't mean maybe you have no culpability, but I don't think it's as cut and dry as it is with a gun. You get your hands on my gun, you kill someone. You, it's I know you have my gun. That's my, my gun. fault. You got drunk and you drove a car. Maybe you, maybe you, maybe you got some of dad's beers. I don't really have any alcohol in my house because I just don't drink anymore. Um, but okay, let's say I did like, oh, you got, did you get into my, my alcohol or did you pay some guy on the street to get you a 40? Because it's not that hard to pay a 25 year old guy to walk into a liquor store and buy you alcohol if you want to. Kids have been doing that for what, 50 years, maybe longer. Since the beginning since of the, time. Ever since <laughs> the drinking age became 21. I mean, yeah. kids have drank in high school for time eternal in this country. Um, and that's not going to go away. So it's hard to say where that line is as a parent. Like you can do there, you can only control your kids so much. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not with them all the time. Just like if your kid knocks somebody up, like you should take responsibility and make your kid take responsibility. But like, you can't stop them from having sex because you're not with your kid all the time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. I don't know. So, what's your opinion? Um, I mean, you asked mine, so I'm, I want yours. Yeah. I mean, I think you should have it up in a way, but yeah, if, 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 if there's a way to like prove that, like, like say you have a home cameras and like your kid grabs your bottle, drinks an entire fifth and then immediately hops in his car, then yeah, that's on you because you, you left the booze out, but it's like, all right, um, maybe he drunk some of mine or maybe he, his best friend gave him some, it's like, it's hard to, I agree with you. It's hard to, to know. But yeah, but yeah, if it's a way to definitely prove that like he uh, drank your liquor, yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think the gun thing is very, I mean, that's, that's it's a much, a, a, and it's yeah. a much more severe issue. Right. I mean, like kids getting in drunk driving accidents is definitely a problem, but it's, I just think it's a, it's a harder problem to solve. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, anyway, we you know we talked about the Oxford shooting a little bit, but it just I think it goes without saying, but this but I'll say it anyway. Our prayers are with the families of everyone who lost lost someone in Oxford, um, and really with with everyone across the country as this continues to be a problem. This is a problem that plagues our country, and. Um, while that's a talking point on the left for a, a lot of reasons differently than mine, I do agree that school shootings is a plague on this country um, and, and it needs to be resolved. I just think the resolution methods are different, yeah. but uh, my prayers are with everyone that's been affected by this because it is a tragedy. Oh, I agree. Um, I guess my, my only thought, like I, I obviously I want school shootings to be eliminated, but I just don't know how we can 100% stop them. That, that's my only concern is when you try to stop something 100%. Because like we tried to do that with uh, the war on drugs and things like that, and it wasn't effective. So that's, that's, that's my only concern is, all right, we need to stop sh school shootings 100%, and we need to keep tightening laws until that happens. Like That's never going to stop. So we need to yeah. be... Yeah, I don't think tightening gun laws is the solution. I think a big part of it is bringing prayers back into school. I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. I think I think the country has lost its moral center, and we can see that in the things that are happening. Exactly. Like there, like there was a time where people had their their guns in the the trunk of their car because they're going to go. There are still towns in America that that's yeah, common. That's true. There are still towns, but like it was more common. No, I, I agree. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, when our fathers were uh, in high school. Yeah, it was much more common 50 years ago, but it's it's even there are still places in America that are far enough away from the from some of these other things where it's still common in hunting communities to have your rifle in the back of your truck and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a better society. Oh, I, I, I think that, that is a good thing. Um, so I don't think tightening gun laws is the issue. I think it's gun education. It's moral education. It's bringing prayer back. There are a lot yeah. of things. The, the last thing I want to personally say, not to like, we'll continue to talk the topic, Mike, as long as, as long as you'd like, but there's one last uh, thing I wanted to say on the topic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to share my screen one more time because I said that I wouldn't say the name of the shooter and I won't, but there is one individual whose name I do want to say, and that is Tate Meyer um, from Oxford high school. Uh, um, a man who genuinely died a hero, a boy who died a hero, uh, high school football player who rushed the attacker and died in, in doing so, but rushed the attacker to try and save, uh, save people at the school. Um, and his name deserves to be spoken and remembered. Um, so prayers for his family, but also uh, sharing his picture on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. And uh, for those of you listening, his name's Tate Meyer. And uh, again, 16-year-old victim, and he, not that any of the other victims shouldn't be identified, but um, specifically want to call victim. out the heroic actions of this individual. Yeah, they're they're planning to uh, name this stadium after him. And they should. I mean, what he did was heroic. And I think everyone likes to say that that's the situ what they would do in that situation. But very few people, I think, have the courage to really do something like that. Yeah. Um, and when, when someone does, I, I think it deserves an extra bit of attention. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
Thank you, Jeff. Yep. Well, Anything else our, about this? Uh, no. I was going to just make a comment that Como brothers are now 100% unemployed. Yes, it is fantastic. The Cuomo brothers, like, you know, the funniest part about this, and Mike and I talked about this off the air, we're going to shift gears and it's going to seem like we go from a somber topic to laughing very quickly. And we will, um, mm -hmm. but we're professional broadcasters and that's what we have to do. That's what we do. <laughs> um, but the funniest part about this, and, and I texted Mike this off the air before when we talked about topics for the day is the same, the same network that kept a man on the payroll that jerked off on camera in front of his peers has fired Chris Cuomo because he helped his brother in a sexual harassment case. Yeah. So giving, giving tips to your brother about what to say about a case much worse than pulling your, your penis out in front of your, in front of your colleagues on a zoom call, Jeffrey Tubin still employed by CNN, Chris, Chris Cuomo not. What's crazy is like when they brought him back, they're like, all right, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. It's like, yes, I was caught masturbating. Everyone does it. It was an accident. It won't happen again. It, it, it's, it's insane to me that a person can do that and keep their job. He's not even important at CNN. The, the most shocking thing about it to me is he's like a legal analyst for CNN. He's not, he's not one of their big name stars. It's not like... Brian Stelter, it. yeah, or Chris Cuomo. It's <laughs> it's not somebody that's even on the screen very much. It's not Don Lemon. Yeah, none so. of these people are people I respect, but they at least have like name recognition. Jeffrey Tubin is a name that probably was not known by anyone who watched CNN until he masturbated on camera. Yeah. Oh, don't forget, Don Lemon is being sued for sexual assault as well. So yes, I I am well aware. Out, of out soon. Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see how they handle that because he's a gay black man so he checks a lot of boxes for them sexual assaulter i don't know if that outweighs in the in the scales of of equity and justice is gay and black more important than sexual abuser i don't know yeah i think it's a wash at best very true if he comes out as trans he's staying I'm, I'm telling you, seriously, if he comes out as trans in the next six months, it's because he knew he was about to get fired and they won't fire a trans gay black man or a trans gay black woman in this case. Yes. Right. Get your genders right, Jeff. I mean. Or um, he might identify as, no, he might be a trans gay. Non or a transformer. Like a, a non-binary black person. Would you, could you be gay if you're non-binary? Uh, by definition. Well, I mean, they only use, care about definitions. <laughs> non-binary is not a real thing. So by definition, yeah. you can't be a non-binary person. You have genitals. Yeah. Non-binary, the only real non-binary are those genderless people on Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Or uh, maybe uh, Pat from SNL. Well, they didn't know if, if the man or a woman. Yes. <laughs> Truly so, non-binary. But, but honestly, could he identify as gay anymore if he came out as non-binary or would that... I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how bisexual is still a thing. Because it, it it assumes only two genders. That's true. That's true. Well, that's why they have pansexual now. Right, but they're still bisexual and they like are still yeah. That's the B and LGBTQ plus A blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah. So you're right. I I don't understand what queer is. They, I I don't know. 
because there's queer. I, I have for, forever tried to figure out what the hell, what the heck queer is. Lesbian, okay. Gay, okay. Bisexual, okay. But that doesn't work anymore because now you're assuming that there's two genders and there's clearly more than that. Transgender, okay. I understand it. What is Q? Okay, okay well, so Q is queer, but what is queer? What defines a queer person? According to Wikipedia, queer is a umbrella term for people who are not heterosexual or are not cisgender. Originally meaning strange or peculiar, queer came to be used pejoratively against those with same-sex desires or relationships in the late 19th century. Yeah, so I know people used to call gays queer. So that, that part I understand. So, so now it's just an umbrella term for you don't want to call yourself gay, but you're not straight, so you're queer. Right, but there's, there, they have queer, but they also have questioning. I don't understand how you can have both. Because there are there's no a... rules. They also keep adding letters to it. Because what's A? What is A? Asexual or ally? Is A ally or is it asexual? There, there's two. And isn't there an I now? Uh, I, yes. Let's see. See, the ad uh, I, 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 I is intersex. What the heck is intersex? <laughs> Jeff, I'm just reading it off. I don't know. What I know, but I'm is. asking for definitions. You're looking. I want to know. Intersex meaning intersex people are individuals born with any of several sex characteristics, including chromosome patterns, gonads, or genitals that, according to the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights, do not fit typical binary notions of male or female bodies. So it's hermaphrodites? Because that's a real, that's an actual scientific thing. If you can be born with both. So yes. are, is intersex actually the one thing that's real? It's an actual, you're an actual intersex person? You're a hermaphrodite? Uh, I guess so. Because I bet that's not how they're using it. Yeah. I guess. I, um, so what is A, by the way? Was A ally or is A asexual? It's, so there's two of them. There's two A's. So of one course is, there are. Of course there are. Yeah. Asexuality is a lack of sexual attraction to others, lower absent interest in or desire for sexual activity. And they feel that they need to be represented. So. I don't understand why asexual is a thing you need to identify. Like, First of all, I would, they, they call uh, the people on the left, like the wokest like to call a lot of what are probably what, what are basically the same thing on the woke side as that would be called asexual on the conservative side, they call them incels, involuntary celibates, but they're basically the same thing because the vast majority of people who are quote unquote asexual, I'm assuming that's not my choice. I think that's my circumstance. Yeah, I'm sure. You are asexual by requirement. No one, no one wants you. So let's Honestly, see. I mean, like, okay, there might be some people who just have no sexual desire and they go into the priesthood or the nunnery, uh, but the majority of people who are a asexual are probably what the left calls incels. Yeah. So this has been okay. the writing the right insensitive hour. Pretty much. So, all right. So there's LGBTQIA. So that's, that's all the ones we talked about. Then there's also you. For unsure, C for curious. Um, there's also another T for transvestite. Is there one for? Is there BC for bike curious? <laughs> uh, I don't see that yet. There's TS for two spirit, 
Um, the heck is that? A, is that is that somebody who genuinely believes they have two people living inside of them? Okay, two spirit is a modern Pan Indian umbrella term used by some indigenous North Americans to describe Native people and their communities who fulfill a traditional third gender uh, ceremonial or social role in their cultures. That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. I don't understand what that means. But okay, that's that's, that's what Wikipedia said. Okay, uh, where was I? So SA for straight allies. Um, there's P for polyamorous. You can have an H for HIV. Polyamorous is just slut. <laughs> o for other. <laughs> oh, so you're the the people who fall under O are the ones who are like so late that we don't even want to really recognize you, but you have to be have a spot on the bus. Yes. So. So that's like uh, furries and stuff. I mean, it could also mean heterosexual people, right? I, I, I suppose it could. So, or it could so be LGBT now. Yeah, so LGBT now includes everyone. Oh, no, let's not forget that they will very soon be trying to add minor, because you know the new term they're trying to socialize for pedophiles, right? Minor attracted. Minor attracted persons. I guarantee that makes their list in five years. Oh, I'm sure. Um, the... Uh, professor that was trying to make that a thing was from Lewiston University. Yep. I, I want to make this clear, by the way, to anyone who is a minor attracted person or a pedophile. Uh, if you it's ever come near my son, I will kill you. Mm-hmm. No hesitation. But I, I won't feel anything either. No, it, will will be no removing, it will be removing evil from this planet. Yep. There, there is nothing socially acceptable about that. And the fact that they're trying to make it acceptable is ridiculous and sick. Well, that's because they're trying to. They first start off with saying like, age is a construct. So you can go over here. It's like a six-year-old man that says he's a, a four-year-old girl. Yep. And they, it's like, all right, well, that, that's we can do that. I'm like, oh, okay, that's completely and utterly idiotic. But if you do that, this is what's going to happen. That's the example, by the way, of how the left has gotten to be so progressive that they can't even include anyone. Because there used to be there used to be things that everyone in America could agree on, liberals and conservatives. Like you have sex with kids, you're a sicko. Um, and you're a good shot you, in the face. You, like that that used to be a pretty easy. That wasn't a line that anyone even needed to be told not to cross. That was something that everyone was like publicly agreed. Like yes, that is not acceptable. This is this is wrong on every way. That's why they had shows like SVU where the bad guy could be a pedophile because anybody in the audience would agree like, yeah, that's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. We have no problem with this guy being being killed in the show. He's a bad guy. But now they're like, well, you know, they're just people who are minor attract. No, they're sickos. But you've gone so far that you can't even see that you're a parody of yourselves. Yeah. Your parodies of real humans. All right. I want to talk about something more fun. Let's shift gears. Nerd topic. Do we want to talk Christmas movies or Batman the Audio Adventures? Great question. Choice, Mike. So can we talk Die Hard or, or we have to stick to what Jeff calls an actual Christmas we movie? We can have that debate. You want to have that debate on the air? That'll be our <laughs> nerd topic. What defines a Christmas movie? And then we'll next week we'll talk Christmas movies. Uh, we'll, we'll just open it to Christmas movie. I want I want to watch uh, Die Hard again, so I'm I'm real versed in it. Before I had this conversation with you, so I, I mean, actually it, want 
there's nothing to have. It's, it's not a Christmas movie, period. It is Christmas there, movie. There is a clear yeah. defined, I, I will tell you right now, there is a clear definition of a Christmas movie. It must contain a Christmas yeah. theme. Yeah. Obviously, definitions don't matter anymore. They do to me because I'm on the right. <laughs> okay. So. I looked at the Christmas movie definition and it says a Christmas movie is one in which the plot and characters are directly affected by the fact that it's Christmas. Not a movie that takes place at Christmas, but everything that happens can take place at any other time of the year with no change. I actually, I don't know who wrote that, but that could have been written by me because that is my opinion. That is why not only is Die Hard not a Christmas movie, I also, and I will say this now to every listener out there because it is probably one of the most popular quote unquote Christmas movies in America is it's a wonderful life with Jimmy Stewart, not a Christmas movie. I've had this debate and I have never lost because it's a wonderful life does not have anything to do with the thematic Christmas theme. The movie could take place on June 30th. It could take place on November 2nd. It could take place any other time of the year and the movie would be unchanged. Nothing about the movie aside from the fact that it happens during Christmas makes it a Christmas movie. People believe that because there's a Christmas tree in the movie and the movie is about someone talking to an angel, it is therefore a Christmas movie. It is not. It is a, it is a good movie. It is a movie about a man understanding his importance in the world, but it's not about Christmas because the movie has nothing to do with Christmas. Christmas is needs to be an intrinsic theme in the plot of the film for it to be a Christmas movie. I just want to say that seasonal depression is the thing. And he decided to kill himself because it was Christmas and he was super sad. Seasonal depression lasts all winter long, not Christmas. <laughs> it's cause it's cause it peaks around Christmas. And Die Hard is a Christmas movie because he was at a Christmas party. They don't do Easter parties, so it can't happen any other time. Boom. Checkmate. People do Halloween parties at work. People do all kinds of parties at work. Uh I think the terrorists had to do it on Christmas Eve as well. For some reason why. Yeah, because it fit the, the because it fit the, the timing of the movie. They wanted it to be because they wanted to have a Christmas tree, so they had to make that. It's not a Christmas movie. No, John McClane could take down terrorists on the third of February, and it would still happen. No, I think it was something to do with like the markets being closed because of Christmas. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Trading Places takes place during Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie either. Great movie, not a Christmas. I'm gonna. Movie. I'm going to say it is a Christmas movie. Otherwise, I'm going to lose this debate. <laughs> what, Trading Places or Die Hard? Trading Places. This Trading is a, Places this is, is a great movie. It's not a Christmas this is movie. The, this is the line I've drawn for Die Hard, so I have to agree with all other movies. Yeah, see, that's the you've pinned yourself into a corner, whereas mine, it follows logic and reason, so it's easy for me. To, I, I have had this debate. It's a Wonderful Life was the one where a lot of people that thought they agreed with me were like, well, no, that's a Christmas movie because it's on. Everybody watches it at Christmas time. It's not a Christmas movie. It doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. You know what it is? Miracle on 34th Street. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie. It's the one that can fit for two things. Um, but it has a Christmas theme, so it's a Christmas movie. Um, the A Christmas Carol, my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Very Christmassy. It, Christmas is the fundamental theme. You couldn't do A Christmas Carol and not have Christmas. Dang. I was trying to look at the top uh, best Christmas movies of all time. I was hoping that <laughs> Die Hard was there. 
Um, but they, even if they it do was, bring up the list was wrong. They do bring up if Die Hard is a. Uh, uh, so what about Home Alone? Home Alone is Home Alone's on the line, but I will say it is a Christmas movie, and here's why: because at the end of the day, the movie comes around to the to a Christmas theme about family and wanting to be together for the holidays. But they could have did that for uh, Thanksgiving, which is why it's on the line. That movie, that movie is on the, but it is much different than than Die Hard. I like Home Alone. I don't consider it a true Christmas movie, but I think it's a borderline Christmas movie. It's a movie that you could eke in at the last minute. You could get it in under the wire, kind of Indiana Jones style, but it's not its not a Christmas movie the way some other Christmas movies are. Christmas movies need to employ some more Christmas themes. But a lot of Chris, a lot of Home Alone is centered around the fact that it is Christmas and that he's alone for Christmas. So, and him talking to the old man and talking about his family has more to do with Christmas than it does with other times of the year. So you could eke it in under the one. <laughs> and Home Alone 2 is very much about Christmas because when he gets the turtle doves and he meets the old lady, it's about gift giving and bonding over the holidays. And he meets the old man who's running the store. They're like, don't, don't think you're going to trip me up here. I've given this thought. <laughs> uh, Keep them coming. Let's see. See if okay. you can trip up okay. Christmas Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So McCain, McLean went there to reconcile with his wife in time for the holidays. Boom. Christmas movie. Ah, so because he went there to reconcile his marriage, it makes it a Christmas movie. Wrong. It is not a Christmas yeah. movie. No, but he went because uh, he can't you can't reconcile on Thanksgiving. That doesn't make sense. You have to do yeah, it on yeah, Christmas that never when everyone is in the Christmas spirit. That's the best time to bring that could have been a New Year's movie. He could have been trying to reconcile. It's maybe it's a New Year's movie. He was trying to reconcile before the end of the year, so he didn't have to pay another year of alimony. Um, they were only separated. They weren't divorced at the time. But he didn't. Okay, he didn't want to have to pay alimony in the new year. He wanted to be able to continue married filing jointly. Agree to disagree. I'm trying to like. Oh, uh, Lethal Weapon. It's a Christmas movie. Lethal Weapon is not at all a Christmas movie. It happens around Christmas. That's the problem. See, that's the but that like you're joking, trying to get me fired up for the podcast, which is fine. But people believe this, and that's why it's irritating to me because I have I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I listen to I've been listening to Christmas carols in my car every day since Thanksgiving, and I will until Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. I watched right before we got on here. I watched Claws on Netflix. That's a Christmas movie. Yes, just like Lethal Weapon. No, see, because actually, I believe it's Klaus. That it, it that movie is about Christmas. It's basically about the the beginning of Santa, and it's about the the spirit of Christmas and giving gifts to give joy. That's about Christmas. Uh, I heard so Christmas movie. Jingle all the way. Great Christmas oh, movie. Fantastic movie. Because that's that about a man trying to get his son the perfect gift for Christmas. It's all about Christmas. Also, super underrated. Sinbad was in it. Phil Hartman was in it. Oh, uh, Batman Returns. Arnold gets to be the most ridiculously um, like souped up parade float character of all time. They put a jet, a working jetpack on a parade float guy. Yes. Did you hear what I said? Batman Returns. 
Like Batman movie. Returns is not a Christmas movie. It is a great it's, movie. It is not a Christmas movie. It's definitely a Christmas movie. The only Tim Burton Christmas movie is Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Edward Scissorhands takes place around Christmas as well. Yeah, it probably does. It's not a Christmas movie. It's 100% a Christmas movie. Benny Hanna Christmas, the episode of Office, is more of a Christmas movie than Edward Scissorhands. What? Still a Christmas movie. Uh, uh, Gremlins? Gremlins 2, I believe, uh, is when they have a Christmas party, don't they? Yeah, see? I think that's Gremlins 2, isn't it? Uh, I think it's Gremlins. Is it Gremlins? Yeah. I'll let you know when I'm watching my Christmas movie tonight. You should watch a real Christmas movie then. May, might I recommend A Christmas Carol? Mm. There are a number of iterations, and I can tell you all the best ones. I've seen probably, many of them. I would probably watch the uh, A Muppet Christmas Carol. If I were, that, is the worst, that is the worst Christmas Carol. <laughs> that is objectively the worst one. Yes, but I'm like, I like riling you up. It's like the best one, admittedly, and this is, I'm surprised by this because normally I don't like newer stuff as much as older. The best one is actually the animated one by Disney that came out probably seven-ish, eight years ago, maybe, um, with Jim Carrey um, as Ebenezer Scrooge. That is, mm. it's actually the most accurate yeah. to the book. Okay, since you brought up, uh, brought him up, which is is the best Grinch movie? Um, so to me, it's the 30 minute animated one that just follows the book. I put, it's got the best song. It's got the, it's the best, it's the Grinch. Um, but then there are also obviously the other two, which if you're saying like, which one's the best full length movie between the new animated one with Benedict Cumberbatch or the, the live action one with Jim Carrey, I actually prefer the Jim Carrey version. Neither one of them, though, is as good as the 30-minute animated one. So the reason I ask that is because uh, I don't think the first one is should be considered a movie. It's a show. So I was only talking about the live action. I mean, it's a TV special is what it is. Yeah. That's fair. It was never intended to be a movie. It was They just made a special out of a very popular Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked uh, set movies specifically. Yeah. So for movies, fact, I prefer the yes. Jim Carrey. But the fact that you brought up the special clearly means you don't understand definitions, and therefore Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> ah, but as you'll recall, and if you want to rewind forty-five seconds, I said if you're talking live-action film or if you're talking full-length movie, uh, these are the two. And I said I, I don't actually like the Benedict Cumberbatch version very much. No, I don't like that one at all. But I did like I, the the Jim Carrey one. I hated for a really, really, really long time. Really. But it grew on me. Wow. Yeah, I, I just, I always love that one. I didn't uh, like it because I just, I, his performance is very over the top to me. Yeah, which I thought makes sense. Like, I hated. I still don't like his performance. Hat. The Cat in the Hat's horrible. With Mike that. Myers, that movie's bad. Yeah. The that, Grinch. That killed live action Dr. Seuss movies. Yes. Although the best anime, the best full length Dr. Seuss movie is the animated Lorax. Yes. I agree. That is hands down the best Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah. I had to think for a second, but yeah, I agree with that. Horton Here's I, a Who uh, isn't, wasn't too bad. It's not bad, but it's not as good as the Lorax. The Lorax is the best one. Yeah, the, these animated movies are definitely killing it compared to the live action. Yeah. 
So the Grinch, though, I didn't like the Grinch. I didn't like the Grinch for a long time, the the Jim Carrey version, but it it grew on me. I'm a fan of it now. Um, I think because as an adult, I find more humor in how ridiculously twisted the the adult who's are, but I don't like Cindy Lou Who. And as a kid, it bothered me the way Cindy Lou Who was. Uh, I, I actually like, like Cindy Lou Who better now. in the Benedict Cumberbatch animated version. Because hmm. she's more okay. like a cute kid. In the Jim Carrey version, she's freaking weird. All right, fair. And kind of creepy. Hmm. All right, all right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. it. It would be hard to find a Christmas movie that I don't have an opinion on. Like, so I, I, oh, I I'm aware. Christmas movies. <laughs> I'm aware. I actually get upset sometimes during the year because I feel wrong watching Christmas movies not during Christmas, but there are some of my favorite movies. Interesting. Interesting to know. I'll just say I, I, it's not saying I won't do it, but oftentimes I won't because I feel <laughs> weird watching a Christmas movie outside of the Christmas season. You feel dirty? You have to take a, a coat shower afterwards? Just about. I, I do. I feel like it's Christmas deserves its Christmas is its own season and you keep it special for itself okay so when does christmas season start for you jeff the day after the thanksgiving. Day after thanksgiving and it ends christmas day mm, i see so when are you going to take down your tree uh christmas day or the day after oh wow okay the latest I, I, i've ever the latest i've ever done it is new year's day but i typically do not leave the tree up in my house that long the tree comes okay. down at the end of after presents are open and everything. The tree typically comes down. Uh, I got gotcha. you. See, we have like Christmas dinner and all that type of stuff. So normally, it's a few days later. Yeah, at, at the latest in my house this year, it'll probably be because uh, Christmas is gonna be at my house for my whole family. It'll probably be the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't have to do that much for for dinner because I'm smoking some briskets and stuff, but. Um, It'll probably be the day after. It will not be up by New Year's. Oh, nice. So, so what are you, what are you doing for for Christmas dinner? What are you cooking? Uh, well, I just got a new my one of my Christmas presents. I got early um, because it, it was so a I. large thing, and uh, my wife wanted to give it to me now. So, I got a brand new smoker. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I've been smoking meat. So, I will be smoking um, a brisket. It's like a sorry, it's like an electric one. You just it's a it's on? a pellet smoker. It's a Traeger pellet smoker. Mm-hmm. Nice. I can control it from my phone and everything. Nice, nice. I want to get one of those too. It is super sweet. I really like it. I made a uh, pulled pork um, earlier this week. It was the first thing I made on it um, with apple wood, and uh, nice. it's is very good. Yeah, like I want to, I want to like smoke like some um, ribs and then like finish it on the grill. Okay. Like, like, like the grill marks. I'm gonna try that. Uh, I'm gonna try stuff like that. I haven't tried uh, ribs yet. I'm gonna. The next thing I'm gonna make is a brisket. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Christmas, I'm going to probably do a brisket this week as like a test run for Christmas. Cause I gotta get my recipes recipe down. I'm, I'm very good on the grill, but I've never had a smoker. So, so i now I've got to invent new recipes. I got um, you. cause it's just, I haven't had it. Right. So, um, I'm going to be doing pecan smoked, um, barbecue brisket, mm-hmm. um, for Christmas. I'm probably going to do a pulled pork, um, as well. Uh, cause I probably smoke at the same time. Um, and I might also smoke a chicken or a turkey. Nice, nice. We are um, going to do like some uh, racks of lamb. Oh, nice. And uh, 
I think we're gonna do like lobster mac and cheese. I don't like lobster, so that sounds disgusting. But the racks of lamb sounds good. <laughs> yeah, like we, so uh, racks of lamb are like super cheap at Costco. Oh, nice. If you ever want to, if you ever want to get one, I will keep that in mind. I go to right now. There's a uh, butcher local to me that I go to and get uh, all my I get all my meat from the butcher. Uh, nice. But he, his racks of lamb aren't too bad. I've I did a rack of lamb a few weeks ago. Actually, roasted rack of lamb with a. I did a um, a like a a parsley marinade, um, like very Mediterranean um, style marinade. Um, it's really good. Um, so, and I might the other thing I'm considering smoking as well instead might be a, a brisket, and I might do a prime rib. Okay, a cool. full on prime rib roast. Cool. Um, um, we should probably end this podcast. Yeah, nobody wants to hear this anymore. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Uh, thanks, everyone.